I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, the podcast for all things Disney for NPR Illinois Community Voices and for the Front Row Network. I'm your host today, Craig, joined by my co-host, Ms. Vanessa Ferguson. Well, hello, Craig. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's been a really fun day. I'm excited about this episode. I'm excited about a lot that's going on with the podcast. Me too. Awesome. And I'm also joined by Mr. Brett Rutherford. Hello there. I'm excited to be here too and excited about a day and all of this just you know feeling good about a lot of stuff today yay yeah and it's a fun day because so we started our patreon account uh at the end of last year and one of the different tiers that you can go to is the space mountain tier because of course space mountain is the best attraction at walt disney world and mm-hmm. uh in that you get to come on to an episode once a year and so we have really our first official patreon episode and i'm Really happy to welcome Jonathan to the podcast today. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm really excited to be here. This is my first time ever appearing on a podcast. Seriously? That's awesome. Yeah. Now it's going to totally break the magic that you're going to see that it really isn't that hard to do. And then you're going to be (laughs) like, oh, these people, they just talk in front of a microphone. That's literally what they do. (laughs) So Jonathan, it's really fun to get a chance to talk to you today. And I think what we're going to do first is just kind of dive into some of why you found Disney and what it is about this kind of brand that we all love and that we all talk about week in and week out or day in and day out, really. And so I just want to start with that question. What is it about Disney that's kind of made you have this passion for following along with podcasts or content creators or whatever it is that you do? Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, my uh, involvement and experience at Disney kind of goes on and off throughout my life. And as a child, I had the usual exposure, went to the movies, saw the animated movies. Now, unfortunately, I'm of an age. So if you'd heard, listen to um, Imagination Skyway podcast where Matthew Kroll spoke about the music of the Disney Renaissance, Mm -hmm. he referred to the time in which I was a child going to animated movies as a period of a dip in quality. Oh, no. I probably was there during that dip as well. I was going to point out that the last uh, animated feature I saw for quite some time was The Black Cauldron. I was actually quite excited by that because it was like the first first instance of computer animation where that green mist came out of the cauldron and um, raised all the dead people to be the army of the horned king so i'm gonna be honest i've seen clips of the black cauldron but i've never actually i've never actually watched it (laughs) so so that's all my do I think that, you know, we ought to do like an episode or something like that on it, really, because I think uh, so many people know of it as like that last, that last like piece of animation that really people said kind of was not of the quality that Disney had come to expect in these classics. And then, of course, shortly thereafter, we get Michael Eisner in and then we get Jeffrey Katzenberg and they start to do things like The Little Mermaid, right? So it's it's really interesting. I also love that you called out uh, Matthew Kroll because that podcast and those particular music podcasts that he's doing, I really enjoy because it's very immersive into the parks and everything. It's really great. Well, I might be able to speak to that time because um, I was there too watching those films before the Renaissance, shall we say. 
say. And I, I'm like going, we, well, I was a child, so I didn't know better. And I didn't know a renaissance was coming. So I was happy with any Disney film that was coming out, especially the animated ones. So so I'm I'm in the same club with you there, Jonathan. So don't worry about it. It's good. We're in good company. How's right. that? Can I ask a question, though? Since we have you two guys here talking about remembering the beginning of the Renaissance, I think I was uh, born into the Renaissance. So did you know you were in a Renaissance, a Disney Renaissance when it was happening? Or is it only upon reflecting that that became clear? Okay, I'll I'll say what my thoughts about that. So I totally missed The Little Mermaid when it came out in theaters. I was of an age, I don't know, like 18 years old or so. And you know, having grown up in the environment I did, it was like cartoons were for kids, animation was for kids. That wasn't my my thing. So I I unfortunately missed it. But then my first girlfriend in college, her family was completely and utterly Disney obsessed. And so, of course, one of our dates there, we went and saw Beauty and the Beast. But I also missed Rescuers Down Under. But so Beauty and the Beast was the first animated feature I saw in theaters since The Black Cauldron, <laughs> uh, from Disney anyway. And it blew my mind um <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the, the the musical numbers but what i remember a lot really is that ballroom scene um when you know angela langsbert uh, singing beauty and the beast and you swoop down uh, and the, the there's the pillars and the floor and the bell and her dress and everything and uh I couldn't believe what I was seeing. <laughs> so I don't know if I internalized it at that time. I was like, wow, Disney's experiencing a renaissance, but I knew something had changed. And from that point, I saw every animated feature in theaters up through Dinosaur. Oops, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Brett, well, I didn't see Brett, Brother do, Bear. Do I didn't see, you know, I didn't see Brother Bear. I didn't see, uh, you know, some of the sci-fi swashbuckler films from the early Late 90s, early 2000s, early Those 2000s. were early 2000s because those were all yeah, after I Dinosaur. Um, yeah. I didn't so. see those either. Um, yeah. I have so. didn't actually see those until this year. I've, I've been on a project to catch up on a lot of the animated features. Oh, cool. I'm, I'm doing yeah. that. I will be doing that too because and I still haven't seen supposed Brother to be Bear. A, a treasure. You still I like haven't music, seen Brother though. Bear? I like the music. <laughs> Thank you. It's our our favorite yeah. composer on this yes. podcast, Phil Collins, and One that'll make John Castano very upset to hear me say <laughs> that, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. Jonathan, can you also maybe tell us about going into the parks? I've I've seen uh, pictures of you running some Disney races, but so I imagine you have probably gone there at least once, but I'm thinking probably quite a bit since you're such a fan. Do you want to tell us about your love of the parks? Yeah, that was that was the other thing that kind of hit me around the same time as Beauty and the Beast. I had visited like the Magic Kingdom and uh, even Epcot either the year it opened or very shortly after. But those were on trips to Florida to visit my grandparents with, with my dad. And we, uh, we had a friend who was uh, a former neighbor up in Michigan who moved down there and she was a cast member. So she she got us free tickets, but we'd always just go for the day. We'd drive halfway across the state um, from Bradenton to Orlando, spend the day at Disney World, drive home. And I was a little kid at the time. So I did, totally didn't appreciate what I was experiencing or, or seeing. But again, when I was in that relationship in college with that particular family, trips to Disney World became more frequent. And as a young adult, then I had a greater appreciation, especially at the time, you know, we were well into the Michael Eisner period at that time. And just like Beauty and the Beast, the parks like 
blew my mind. <laughs> so I couldn't, <laughs> uh, just couldn't believe the quality of literally everything in the parks. Also kind of lining up with when I stopped going to animation, animated features. Uh, I didn't go to the parks for a while. So I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to Disney until the early 2010s after I'd taken up running and I had discovered the Disney marathon. And I said to my current wife, I was like, oh, we, we got to go. We got to do this. And she was on board with it. And so our first trip, I've done this marathon three times now, um, wow. spaced out at four years. So the first time I want to say it was 2014, 14, 18, and 22. Yeah, that's when I did it. So we drove down in 2014 uh, and camped at Fort Wilderness. Um, we went to the uh, Hoopty Doo musical review on my birthday because that's the other nice thing about the marathon. It coincides so closely to my birthday that every time I've run the marathon, I've been in the parks for my birthday. Oh, excellent. You know, and I, I and of course, you know that I'm the run Disney geek now, and I'm totally a convert to the cause, uh, and that I absolutely love my run Disney experience. And so I'm wondering, uh, from your perspective, you've been able to see it through 2014, where it really started to gain in popularity, I would say. And then now, uh, I know that 2022 was kind of a different year due to the pandemic and them still trying to come back. But I just wonder your thoughts on sort of the run Disney experience and how that's evolved over the four years that you've done the marathon. Some things were very similar. You do have to get up on godly early. Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> to to the, that's what I was going to say. Did you, when you say you camped at uh, Fort Wilderness, did you use the cabins? Did you do an RV or did you do a tent? Because if you did a tent, you deserve an award if you did all of the marathon and then you went back to a tent. Yeah, we were in a tent. Wow. <laughs> yeah. There's your word. The word is in the mail. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, we, we were in a tent. Um, and from Fort Wilderness, it was you caught one bus from the loops inside the campground that took you out to the front where you had to change buses and then got on the other bus that took you to the to the start start area near Epcot, which was a slightly different than in 2022. I feel like 20, um, 2014 and 2018 were similar, but in 2022 is a very different route to get from where the buses dropped us off to where, uh, to where we started. One thing that was different between the three was the weather. 2018 was ridiculously cold. Mm. As soon as we landed in Orlando, I remember the pilot getting on welcome Mr. Orlando and saying the outside temperature is 34 degrees. <laughs> oh, wow. That wow. is really cold to run in. I, I, I'm not going to lie, Jonathan. I, I thought maybe you were uh, exaggerating a little bit, but that would be really cold to run in. No, that would be cold. No. And this was, this was when we landed in Orlando and it was bright sunshine. It was warm and I've never bought so many hats and gloves and things like that. <laughs> at disney world <laughs> as i did that year um, and that and of course when race day comes around and i'm out there at 2 30 in the morning waiting around for 5 30 in the morning to come around actually 6 30 for me because there were so many people running the race and i was in a corral so far back that i didn't even mm -hmm. start my race for an hour after the race literally started <laughs> wow um, wow but, uh, but I had my magic band and there was a merch tent at that waiting area before the race. And I bought a jacket, turned out to be a woman's jacket, but I didn't care. It kept me warm. And uh, right. <laughs> That's well, great. Florida cold is Florida cold <laughs> is cold because it goes right through you. It's a damp cold. So yeah, even yeah. if you're from Michigan and we're from Illinois and all this, we've been cold. But when I lived down there and when I experienced Florida cold, it was just 
crazy cold. So wow. Yeah, and I, I've so you get another run. medal. You get another medal for you know for running in the cold. Two weather. So you're gonna have you're gonna get all these you know medals going your way. So, <laughs> but I, I've certainly run in the cold. I've run races in the cold. I've got a race streak where I run a race every single month for now eleven years, ten months. Wow. Going wow. on. <laughs> so, there's a medal too. Okay. There's that's dedication. <laughs> I haven't uh, I haven't run anything since the marathon, and I'm signed up for a half marathon on April 1st. And I'm I'm kind of iffy on whether or not I'm actually gonna uh, go through with it. I I've done some of my running like this week. I, I pushed it to about six miles, um, but that's certainly the most I've ran since you know January 8th of 2023. So yeah, it's just uh, that's really all very cool, and it's exciting to kind of talk to another person that's so experienced in run Disney as well. So thanks for all of those insights. But I know that uh, Vanessa and you have been collaborating and talking about what we wanted to really put as the main topic of this discussion. And so I'll let her take it away from here. Okay. Well, Disney animation immersive experience. Now, look, I want a park to come more north from uh, the southern <laughs> domestic U.S. states, but I will take a, a an immersive experience. And Jonathan, you were actually really lucky to get to go to it. My understanding is a lot like that um, immersive Van Gogh experience. I don't know if anyone here has done it or Brett has done it where you, you walk in and and for me, it was Van Gogh paintings uh, projected onto the wall, but but you got to do a Disney one. And I'm so, I'm wondering if you can kind of talk us through what that experience was like for you as you were walking in and getting to experience it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're absolutely right about the Van Gogh experience. I think it's the same company, the gallery, if you'll call it that, or where I was at um, the show right before the Disney one was the Van Gogh experience. So that mm. was in Detroit as well. I think I hadn't seen, I did not attend the Van Gogh experience, so I don't know this for sure, but I know Van Gogh didn't do animation. So I can imagine his beautiful paintings projected on the wall, but I think, I think it was better suited for this experience with the Disney animation. I'll talk you through it. Um, so I, I saw it was coming and I said, well, I got to go. So I went and yeah. got my tickets and I saw the options and I said, of course, I'm getting the VIP experience. So oh, I got wow. a little take home seated cushion thing and uh, got a, a cool little art print which showed where they a little collage of the of a few various animated characters to keep things like that there was supposedly a skip the line but i i never figured out how that was supposed to work um <laughs> so oh and we also uh, melissa my my wife and i we went and we both got these vip lanyard things and oh uh, she, she's yeah. a very classic sort of person. So she got one uh, that's got like the Mickey components on it. Uh, oh, but I love the princesses. So I got a princess lanyard. And uh, <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. Cool. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's very cute. So the way it was set up, it was on three separate floors of this building in Detroit. Oh, wow. um, I don't know what the other galleries are like, but in Detroit, it was on multiple floors. Yeah. The first two floors included some interesting galleries. There was, you know, stuff related to Disney animation. Um, there was a mock-up of a multiplane camera there showing how they could do the um, the depth to create a sense of depth and the, uh, the traditional animation, hand-drawn animation, I think most famously used in Sleeping Beauty, which is just a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but there were displays of like what a typical 
animator's workstation would look like with like a drawing table, but also computers on it and little models all around. There were special displays dedicated to uh, various animators. Uh, the one I remember is there was a big display about Mary Blair. Mm -hmm. um, oh, wow. Then there were, there were little sculptures, uh, little maquettes from uh, Frozen, uh, Frozen 2, I think specifically, and um, Moana. And it was just incredible how detailed these, these little sculptures were. Uh, I don't know, you'd probably need like a 4K projection of the, of the uh, animation mm -hmm. to be able to see the sort of little details that were in these maquettes. And the, the stairs between the first two floors, the walls were all sketched over with um, Disney characters oh, wow. from Snow White to Encanto, a big collage of them. I guess they probably designed this before they had uh, too much input from Strange World. That, that would have been cool too mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and this whole time keep in mind i had didn't really know what to expect from this show this is the first immersive experience i've been to i didn't even know there was a show uh, element of it i thought it was just a series of galleries you walk through and you'd get to the one where they had like animated things projected on the wall but we did get up to the third floor and um, there was a, a big room about two, two to three stories high. All the walls were painted white. It, they weren't flat walls. So it was interesting. The projections were on, you know, archways and pillars and wow. things like that. That mm. were part of the architecture. And a lot, most of the people just kind of parked themselves on the floor near the middle of the room. My wife and I were lucky enough to find a bench that was, they had the benches set up in a little rectangle around the room. Then I realized an actual show was starting, uh, which, you know, lasted the better part of 45 minutes. It went on longer oh, wow. than I expected. Huh. It was, it's fantastic. And it started very, very classically with an opening book. Uh, Once upon a time, there was a very, very classic Disney um, trope from early on. And it was set up in themes. Mm -hmm. So it started out with a, a theme of beginnings, which featured the song Circle of Life from The Lion King. And it started with that, that visual uh, from the movie. And it was projected all around us. It's almost like we were like in the midst of all those animals coming to pay homage to, uh, to the new prince. But it, it didn't stick with any particular movie. It would go and show different scenes from... Different films, like I think the next one I went to was Judy Hopps getting on the train, saying goodbye to her family, or Alice falling down the rabbit hole. There was Bambi on the ice and a scene of Rapunzel leaving her tower. You know, every, everything that can sort of be tied together is a new beginning. And, and from there, it moved on to another theme of flight, where you saw Aladdin on the carpet and, and then the whales from Fantasia 2000. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was really cool to be surrounded by these giant flying whales. And then they uh, went into, we don't talk about Bruno and they just did the song. That was really, that, that was a lot of fun. Um, it sounds like a very give the people what they want moment. We want that song in the middle of it. Yes. <laughs> well, and, and I've got a kind of a question for you. Now, this is a completely different type of vibe and situation. So maybe it's unfair to try to compare the two. But the way that you're describing this with the, the music and the film, it does almost seem like mickey's philharmagic to me now granted that's like a theater you're sitting down you're watching you know a 3d movie um but that was kind of the quote-unquote immersive technology at the time when that attraction was open so i'm just wondering if you uh, got a similar vibe just because of the way you're describing it it sort of seems like maybe that is something that at least is in the same world not necessarily the same kind of technology i don't know 
Yeah, I could see that, particularly with the PhilharMagic, the Magic Kingdom has got the really wide screen that sort of envelops like the front of the theater. And there, there weren't any Donald's butt animatronics coming out of the wall behind us or anything. But, uh, oh, darn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it was just projection and 360 degrees around us and also on the floor. I forgot to mention that too. So we were, we were really really surrounded. Now, Jonathan, you told us kind of at the, the beginning and the middle, but I thought I saw something like snow or something in, in one of the trailers for this. Is there like a big finish with anything like that? I didn't see anything like snow. Okay. Well, it it must've just been in one clip I saw. Now we all did get colored wristbands, which lit up and um, coordinated with the color of the projections. More light than I think a uh, Magic Band Plus, but overall simpler design. It was just a little white square on our, on our wrist that would light up. There was a fun scene where they did the song sequence from Frozen 2 of Show Yourself. And there were like big ice projections on the floor, big crystalline shapes. What was really fun about that is there was a little toddler near us. She, she must have been about two years old and she had a little Elsa shirt on. And this girl just nearly exploded during this sequence. Um, <laughs> she was vibrating. She was so excited because there was this 20 foot tall Elsa on the wall, like right behind me. <laughs> singing and it was it was impressive <laughs> that's so great sounds love- super impressive and i'm wondering because you know for us you know you're in michigan and and we're in illinois and then just people who live even our east coast friends they live so far from the parks that it's nice to have a little bit of disney back home we are close enough to be near marceline so that's something close to see we know that there's going to be the 100 exhibit touring around soon hopefully closer to us but is this something that you think would get a lot of people excited and bring those disney feelings to people or is it just is it just for kids what do you think i wouldn't say it's just for kids because i i went and i didn't bring any kids um (laughs) yes um, but yeah, it was it was a really convenient way to bring some of that Disney magic close to home. The other experience I had recently kind of like that was they have that touring exhibit of costumes. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Brett got to see that out. at D23 Expo, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, right. that hung out at the Henry Ford Museum Henry Ford. in Dearborn, oh, yeah. where I grew up for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And I was sad to be too late to get tickets for the D23 event uh, that kicked it off. But, uh, oh, but yeah. I did eventually get to the to the exhibit and it was it's amazing it was amazing i was i was really amazed by um 2015 cinderella dress and the the glass slipper from that one from james cinderella and i'm so sad i haven't been able to find that movie on disney plus or anywhere to watch but (laughs) cinderella oh i not that one no yeah i think so we will look for that. We will send you <laughs> links. We'll send you screenshots along with your medals. Mm-hmm. So if you're coming out a big winner today with your medals and your access to, to Cinderella. Dear listener, please excuse this interruption to our wonderful conversation with Jonathan Gardner. This is Vanessa as the podcast fact checker. I'm here to inform you that the live-action Cinderella is indeed not on Disney Plus at the time of this recording. Our sincerest apologies to Jonathan. And in Brett's defense, this is a tragedy. A petition directed by the situation will be forthcoming. And now we continue our conversation with Jonathan. 
Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got to see that because, well, I mean, I got to experience that too. And I heard so much that the the mannequins that were used, I have a friend who's, well, friend to the podcast and a Patreon member, uh, Maureen, my friend Maureen, she uh, she had heard or she had read, uh, because she's a costuming person, um, she had read that that the mannequins that were used were very specific to the characters and the dimensions and even the poses. So, you know, like the, did you see the fairy godmother from 2015, the Helena Bottom Carter? Oh my gosh, that you could just see her in it. It was just so cool, (laughs) but I'm glad you got to see that. But, but I must say that to have a Disney art installation, basically to, to, you know, not to contrast or contradict the idea that it's Mickey's our magic. Sorry, I, I laughed in the middle of that. I didn't mean to. Um, I'm just like going, <laughs> the, it, it's projections and it's Disney and it's 360 and I just want to go see it. You're great. You're a great salesperson. You know, <laughs> I don't know how, you know, if, if it goes on as long as, as the... Uh, as the Van Gogh exhibit, it's got to be around here somewhere, but it sounds like the the facility that you saw it in was just spectacular. I mean, I saw it at the, I saw my version, you know, I saw the Van Gogh. I happened to be at Disneyland. You know, I go there on occasion. I happened yes. to be at Disneyland and staying at the Marriott, um, which is right next to the convention center. And who would, who would think that it opened like when I was there? So I'm like going, okay. In fact, I went the first day, but it was taking a convention center and making it a, a projection sort of, or like, you know, a museum exhibit. And I'm like going, your architecture sounds much more interesting than a big, yeah, than a, than a number of white walls and floors and all that. So well, I'm so yeah, excited Detroit's you got really to in- see that. Yeah, Detroit's a really interesting place with a lot of really historic buildings uh, that have been repurposed for, for various things. Uh, How awesome. Oh my God. Yeah. And I'll say, you know, I know that uh, kind of doing some looking around it is going to be of course it's in the detroit area it's also going to be in nashville as well i think that that's the closest at the moment that it's going to be coming to us but hopefully it does continue to expand and everything else Um, but you can definitely look at your area of the country too and see what it might be uh, out there for you so this was all really really fun and now Mm -hmm. we kind of want to get back into talking a bit about disney before we end up kind of wrapping up some of this episode and so we've got some of those rapid fire questions but much like we ask all of our guests jonathan we can tell you that uh, you can make this as rapid or not rapid as you want so you can definitely explain your answers and talk to us a bit about uh, what you think there. So who wants to take the rapid fire questions? Who's going to put him on the spot? I think Brett should. Brett. All right, Brett. <laughs> you're up. Well, okay. Okay. So yeah, the spotlight is on. The answers can be as, you know, as, as Craig said, as detailed as you want, or you can just get it done. And, you know, because that, because those are like gut answers and that's kind of exciting too, not to, you know, put any pressure on you or to tell you what to do. This is your day. This is your rapid fire. So here we go. Okay. Favorite Disney park. <laughs> well, it's like picking between between kids from when I'm here. I, yes. So. Yeah, I know. I, okay, I'm just going to go with the gut reaction there. It's, yes. it's the one I have the most experience with, and that would be the Magic Kingdom at Walt oh. Disney World. Mm. Yeah. 
Okay. No, I, that has to be correct you know, answer. Like, you can't, right, exactly. You can't go wrong with that uh, answer. You know, every wow. time that we turn and we see that castle down at the end of Main Street, it's just wonderful. And that's to not take anything away from the other domestic parks that even I haven't visited yet. Um, but it's just an experience when you go into the Magic Kingdom and you're walking down Main Street and you see all those different lands. So I think that's a pretty darn good uh, rapid fire answer there, Jonathan. Right, and I, I okay. kind of share a bond with the Magic Kingdom in, in a Aww. way. I mean, like I said, I ran the, the the marathon in 2022, and the very next day was my 50th birthday. So Aww, I'm there yeah. in front of the castle. The castle's got a giant 50 on it, you know, for me. <laughs> and uh, oh, exactly. <laughs> I love that. And you were coming. There was 50s everywhere. So when I went to pick up my celebration pen at my hotel lobby for my birthday, which I wore all week when I was oh, there, sure. you know, people said, oh, I won't ask you how old you are. It's like, I'm begging to tell you how old I am because <laughs> <laughs> this park is celebrating the same birthday. And we're... Awesome. <laughs> that is oh, so that cool. Is great. That is great. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Back to focus, focus. Here we are. Here we are. The next question. So let's see. Favorite Disney animated film? And you can oh. go old school, pre whatever, or you can go post. I, okay, back to your answer. Yes, go ahead. Okay, all right. I'm good. I want to break this down since you said I could take as much time as I want with this. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm going to break this down in the categories. Okay. He sounds like so me, I a have, multiple answer. Who are we kidding? I this love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I have my favorite Pixar film, which is Coco. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. Excellent choice. Uh -huh. I mean, it's okay. not inside out, but I'll take it. <clears throat> well, Quiet, the, right? our guests. I'll, I'll tell you the reason for that. You know, there's a scene at the very end when um, Miguel picks up that uh, guitar and he plays Remember Me for his great grandmother, Coco, who had yeah. up until that point sort of sat there in her wheelchair, um, apparently, you know, exhibiting um, signs of Alzheimer's and uh, not a whole lot left time uh, in her life. And I have worked don't currently, but I have worked as a music therapist in hospice oh, and wow. I've seen exactly that phenomenon happen mm -hmm. uh, that Miguel experienced with Coco and you know, Coco woke up and she started conversing with her family thanks to the song uh, that he played. So mm. that scene hit pretty hard. Um, and I bet that yeah. <laughs> for that, that reason, that's my favorite. Uh, my next category would be classics and, mm -hmm. um, I had it narrowed down to two, but if I had to go with my gut, I think it's Sleeping Beauty just for the the visuals, not just the visuals, but I mean, the visuals are outstanding. Right. Mm -hmm. Lady and the Tramp was the runner up uh, in that oh, category because that's, that's that a lot interesting. of fun. Uh, yeah. Do you <laughs> yeah. have like a Renaissance or a post? We, we do. Know, we already covered sort of my favorite Disney Renaissance when I mentioned Beauty and the Beast, which right. okay. blew my oh, mind because um, it was yeah. sort of my reintroduction into Disney and Disney animation. Oh, <laughs> I didn't okay. talk about this, but I, when I did go back and eventually see Little Mermaid for the first time, that mm -hmm. was at Chip and Dale's campfire sing-along at Fort Wilderness um, oh, on my wow. first uh, first marathon. No, it was not my first marathon trip. It was it was a long, long time before that. Um, <laughs> uh, wow. But I did stay at Fort Wilderness in the early 90s as well, and I, I saw it there. Oh, great. I think, does Very he get a cool. medal for that too? Well, let's keep the medal count coming. Okay. So I think we've I'm covered running out of Pixar. gold, platinum, and yeah, bronze, Brett. That's okay. That's okay, good. So now, that's good. so now we're getting to my favorites of all times. But before I give you the actual answer, now by rights, if you knew the, th um, the characters and the songs and the scenes that I love, 
-hmm. you would think it would be tangled because Rapunzel mm -hmm. is literally my favorite princess. Uh, Rapunzel and Eugene are my favorite royal couple. They're just perfect. Each of them are, you know, developed individuals with their own interests, own friends, own jobs, and yet they mm -hmm. work so perfectly well together. I know when Frozen 2 came out, there was some talk uh, during the talk shows about how, how wonderful Kristoff was because he didn't, you know, push Anna out of the side to be the hero and be the big savior. And he supported mm -hmm. Anna and he showed up and he, he was saying, yeah, I'm here. What do you need? And that's all great. Kristoff is a great guy and I love the Frozens, but he seemed a little too defined by his relationship to Anna, whereas... Eugene is a more, I think, well-rounded character. Yeah. And Not my to favorite... say that there's codependency there at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like... yeah. <laughs> and my, my favorite song scene has got to be I See the Light, um, which is yeah. also entangled. Oh, sir. And that, by yeah. the way, was a fantastic part of the immersion um, experience. Oh, wow. But so I, I started to, to hear Thank Eugene you. and uh, Rapunzel have that little conversation. And I was like, what if it's not everything i dream it right. to be is mm -hmm. like it will be saying like, what if it is and as soon as i heard this conversation i turned to melissa i was like oh this is gonna be good uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. sure enough there we were surrounded by the floating lanterns like in every possible direction and oh wow oh, oh, see I you. Love i've that. got to go see that see you're selling <laughs> us all that yeah. is so cool so have we covered i think we've covered movies let's go to live action no no wait 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 i didn't oh, we have it oh, so that's another category oh you haven't gone no, to your favorite category. oh you I are me saying, <laughs> i was saying by rights and everything i just said it should be tangled oh but, it should yeah. be but right it, but drum roll my yes. my favorite really are the frozens and i don't say uh, yeah them. frozen one and two are my my favorites with a really really close second of encanto okay okay <laughs> um, yeah i love as that a, as a body of work of songs of story and all that those hit harder i love rapunzel and eugene more, more maybe even because of the series <laughs> oh <laughs> sure yeah the movie oh uh, sure yeah uh, the series well, they get to yeah it's a different amazing. look but it's yeah yeah for for a disney channel television animated series when you still have alan menken doing the songs and you still have mandy moore and zachary right. levy and a whole mm -hmm. slew of other broadway stars right including eden espinoza right um, and uh, james monroe Eaglehart and those doing the voices yeah. oh my gosh now i have Great to go series visit all of that too okay is it safe to go to the next category okay yeah we can go to another category. okay okay so we've talked about favorite disney animated film how about next question is favorite disney live action Ooh. <laughs> okay so I, so i do remember um a number that i liked when i was young i i really enjoyed like the witch mountain movies uh, mm -hmm. okay i just love those kids with the magical powers and the, the right. flying winnebago uh there was yes. this amusing one uh the cat from outer space was amusing it was a little <laughs> older um <laughs> tron and black hole i had a actually a mm -hmm. bed set of black of the black hole um oh da 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 da, da. the song that will not leave your head but anyway um, yes I'm but sorry. Uh, okay those, those are honorable mentions <laughs> honorable uh, mentions I, yes my, my runner-up is going to be the original parent trap oh uh, sir i saw that Let's when get i was together uh -huh. i saw that when i was 11 years old i was in hawaii at the time and it was on tv and i think i think Haley mills was probably my first celebrity crush Ah. <laughs> and and i loved this scene in the remake uh, when um 
near the end when it's all coming together. Um, Lindsay Lohan, I think, is about to get on an elevator or something, and she's oh, sort yeah. of absentmindedly humming a song. And it's let's get together. Yeah, from the that first. was a great mm-hmm. throwback no. sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> but the winner of the category, but the winner, yes, to be Mary Poppins. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> well, well, of course, it's a jolly That's holiday. Too. That's iconic. a great answer. Okay, I'm loving your answers. Let's see, <laughs> let's see, let's get to the parks. So the favorite Disney attraction. Oh boy, Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. okay. Great. You're in. We've like every Imagineer we talk to. That's their favorite yes. too. Yes, <laughs> right. Yes, cool. I remember exactly where I was when I first saw like the trailer on TV that there was going to be a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. It just stopped me dead in my tracks, and I said, "There's going to be a Pirates of the Caribbean movie." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Well, I don't know about you, but I we I don't know which one. I think it was the third one. You know, that they had a midnight showing, and I passed around the lyrics. And you know, I'm like, I'm not generally, you know, someone who, you know, breaks rules or that sort of thing. But <laughs> I got our group because we had kind of a large group to sing. Yoho, a pirate's life for me before it all started, you know, right before it started. So that was a nice. fun, that was a fun. So it was like the pre well, it was like the Rocky horror version of pirates. Of I didn't know you did that. Yes. Oh my gosh. I can just see yes. you. All right, everybody, we're going to do this. We're going to do yes, it right. Yeah, passing them around, passing them around. Here are the lyrics to a pirate's life. Yeah. So anyway, well, cool. Well, great. So pirates of the Caribbean, that is great. Okay. So since we're in the parks, your favorite Disney restaurant. Now this could be park related or in a resort or, you know, Fort wilderness anywhere. So what's, so what's that answer? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I'm going to take us back to my 50th birthday there in 2022, where I had the most fantastic birthday. Um, It was the day after the marathon. Mm -hmm. I had lunch at Be Our Guest, Mm -hmm. and I specifically asked to be in the West Wing. Oh, sure. Yeah. (laughs) And that was just an overall fantastic experience, That's except great. I ended up with way too much dessert because it was a little too much and too sweet for Melissa. And don't tell anyone, oh. but she didn't really care for the gray stuff. Why? <laughs> so, I guess so it's she, delicious to some people. Not so everyone. she gave it, so she gave it all to me. And then because it was my birthday, they brought me out more gray stuff. Yes. Oh, oh wow. So, <laughs> uh, try the gray got... stuff. It's never ending. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I got a little signed card from the beast and it was. Oh, well, that is great. Well, that. no wonder Probably why that favorite, was a great birthday. Favorite restaurant. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, ex- experiences as, as part of a restaurant, you know, makes. Now that evening I did the, um, that evening I did the, um, fireworks dessert party oh wow i've never done that <laughs> wow oh cool well that, that was, sounds like the best birthday it was wow it, oh it would gosh. have only been better if our table at that didn't have the fireworks mostly blocked by an overhang of that building oh no <laughs> excuse me excuse me yeah well i'm sorry that didn't happen but we got to see all the projections really well though well that is great well there's oh my gosh you you have to watch castle you have to watch those shows multiple times in order to see all of the projections because they're so layered you you know so it's like they want you to visit more than once what's up with that (laughs) you know so oh that's great that's great well in may i'll be going to disneyland and um 
Is that your first time to Disneyland? No, uh, it is the first time for my wife, but it'll be. Part oh, well, our, that's great. It'll be part of our 15th anniversary uh, trip. Oh, cool. And however, I was in Disneyland well, back in 1927. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Now doing it as James Mason. Before, before California <laughs> Adventure existed. Um, oh, sure. I was, yeah. I was right. there uh, for one day, eat twice on two occasions, both part of choir tours that I was on. Oh, sir. Yeah. But, so it's been a long time. <laughs> well, you get to go back and it's, you know, part of Disney 100. So there's so much to see, including projections again. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so you're going to have the best time. You know how I love my Disneyland and how I'm just so anxious for Craig to join us sometime <laughs> at Disneyland. Wow. That's great. Those are great answers. Thank you. I will, I will continue. I will throw this to um, the host or hostess with the most or mostest next. So would that be all right? Next, Sounds Craig? good. Well it has been, it's just been wonderful getting a chance to kind of learn some of your experiences and talk about this immersive experience that's going on uh, at Disney or around the, the country as well uh, through Disney. And it's just awesome. And, and we really appreciate the support that the patrons give and especially you because you also post a ton in that private Facebook group that we have too. And that's always really exciting. And it's just great to get to meet fans from all over. I know you are, I know you are uh, uh, in Michigan, and it's just like fun to have some more Midwesterners on this podcast. Sure. Oh, I was gonna say I like I like to think I, I played a small part in making Brett here a star uh, for the Disneyland 100. Yes. Oh, oh that's right. Yes, you well, did. Thank you. you absolutely. Oh did. my gosh, I was there. It was so funny because you you know you've heard us. I mean, I was walking in and Vanessa was texting me, Brett, where are you? I'm like going, I'm walking in. I was gonna surprise you all and just casually be there, knowing that you were gonna be watching and they go, oh my gosh, there's Brett. And I'm like going, but I needed a director, so Vanessa was my director that day. They're on they're off yeah. they're on they're off you know that's and i would not have remembered if it wasn't exactly. for jonathan being like exactly. I, I wonder if we're gonna see brett and i was like oh my gosh i wonder if we're gonna see brett <laughs> oh yeah you were gonna see brett yes he got out of the hot tub changed clothes and went back to the park uh-huh yes that's what he did i mean i did yeah i did <laughs> well thank you for that see so we're internet famous thanks to you Thank you. <laughs> yes. And thank you, Jonathan, for reminiscing with Brett today. He's, I'm sure he's always wanted someone to come on here and talk about yes, uh, who, certain. Who remembers 1927, the way I do. Yes. So. yes. <laughs> oh, you two are too funny. So sweet. <laughs> that is so great. That is so great. So I think we can go ahead and wrap all this up. It's just been a really fun time talking to you, Jonathan. So if this is your first time listening to Beyond the Mouse, welcome. Uh, go back and listen to a bunch of our old episodes and interviews. We'd love to have you check all of those out, including our recently published 200th episode. I can't believe we're over episode 200 now. It's just been absolutely incredible. You can also follow along with us on social, including uh, Instagram, Beyond the Mouse Pod, uh, Beyond Mouse on Twitter, and of course, a couple of places on Facebook. You can go either to Beyond the Mouse Podcast, which is our page, or Beyond the Mouse Podcast Pals, which is our group. And that's where you can find Jonathan talking up a storm with us about all the Disney news 
News and a bunch of our other patrons as well. Speaking of patrons, you can join Patreon by going to patreon.com slash beyond the mouse. And we'd love to have you uh, on a future episode, even just like Jonathan today. So it's just been great getting to uh, a chance to meet you and to talk to you over this Zoom session. And hopefully because we're all in the Midwest, maybe we either meet somewhere in real life or in the park someday. That would be a lot of fun too. So great to have you. But for Beyond the Mouse, I am Craig. I'm Vanessa. I'm Brett. And I'm Jonathan. And we will see you real soon in the front row. Hopefully the front row of the immersive Disney experience near you. I want to go. I want to go. I know. I really want to go too. They might kick me out for singing though. Yeah. (laughs) 